Baruch Hashem, I love the rain. Why do I love the rain? I love when it's cold outside and it's raining. Why? The truth is I really don't. I love when it's beautiful outside. But one of the reasons why I love that it's cold and rainy is because it challenges me and it challenges, I think, a person to, uh, and I've said this before, I haven't said this in a while, to challenge his inner weather. A lot of times we want to figure out what's the weather on the outside, right? Everybody has, uh, let's check the weather to see if we can go on the trip. Let's check the weather if it's going to be a nice day tomorrow. Let's check the weather if everything's going to work out. But as we know, there's a weather from within oneself. The question is, am I checking the weather from within? Do I have control over the thermostat? And it's one of the things that's very important because how many things can we control in life and what do we control in life? One of the reasons that people suffer, um, I don't mean like we were talking about yesterday, actually suffering physically, but, but it's true that people suffer emotionally, they suffer mentally. Daniel, you're going to like this one. One of the reasons that people suffer mentally, emotionally, and they have difficulty is because they're in the wrong business. Morty, what do I mean by that? You're in the wrong business? There are three businesses. There's my business, there's my friend's business, and there's God's business, there's Hashem's business. When a person is trying to control someone else's business besides his own business, he automatically will suffer. The reason you're going to suffer is because you can't control Hashem's business. You can't control Hashem's... I mean, in a certain way, we do by tefillah, but that's a... Thank you very much. I made a shakal before, so... That was shakal, yeah. Okay, but usually I make my shakal here, so I thought about it afterwards. I was like, ah, I missed the opportunity to make a public shakal, so... Anyway, shakal ni abidvaru Hashem does everything and he runs everything. L'chaim, everybody. So, so the point is, when the weather is terrible on the outside, so what it does is, is it challenges somebody and it forces somebody to really look within, I don't know, forces. I don't know if I want to say forces, but for me, it says, okay, am I going to have a terrible day? Am I going to let the weather on the outside affect me? Or am I going to create the weather from within? The other business, when we mind someone else's business that we suffer, is when it's our friends, someone else. I want to control my mother, I want to control my father, I want to control my roommate, I want to control the way this person acts to me, I want to control this. That you, you don't have control of that. How a person reacts to what someone does to him, that is in control. It's called the circle of influence. And what happens is, most of the times, we do the opposite. That's where Lush and Hara comes in. Hilchus Lashahara comes in because I'm not minding my own business. Um, my head is in someone else's business. I'm thinking about this guy. I'm thinking about this person. I'm thinking about how I could change this person, how I could change this one and that one. Question, comments, and then we will uh, start a halacha on that. Daniel, no questions on that one? Make sense? Okay, wow. Yeah, Menachem, what do you say? What? Yeah, right? Yeah, that's not good. I want comments. Someone else? Shlaim?
Absolutely beautiful. Okay, beautiful. Okay, so now let's talk some Hilchus Lashon Hara. Why do people talk Lashon Hara? One of the reasons people talk Lashon Hara is because when you're not happy with yourself and you're not satisfied with your own life, so then you need to do something uh, that's easier than working on your own life. That is, if I put that guy down, then uh, I'm good to go. I think they say one of the stories of one of the tzaddikim where his younger brother was, was taller than him, much taller than him. And it bothered the older brother that his younger brother was much taller. So whenever they would be with their friends, the older brother would make the younger brother uh, stand in a, in a pit. He'd be like, oh, stand on the pit so that I'm the older brother, taller. So his father came to him and says, okay, I understand that it bothers you that your younger brother is taller than you, but why do you have to make him stand in a pit? Why can't you stand on something higher? And I think that that's a great metaphor. Sometimes we're bothered by something and something bothers us about ourselves. So what do we do? I put this guy down and I put that guy down to make myself look bigger. Why can't I just raise myself. And what happens is, is that it's much easier, I think that's one of the reasons that it's easier to talk negative about somebody else, because it's much easier just to say, oh, that guy's a this, that guy's a that, than it is to reach within yourself and to change yourself. Okay, with that in, um, if anyone wants to say anything, let me get the place over here. Day number three. Day number three, okay? Everybody good? Before we start, question, comments, please. I encourage question, comments. Yes, Schlein. Is there a healthy way of putting something oh. of, like, not looking You good. are putting someone down, but it's a healthy way. Great place. question, yes. Schlein is asking a million-dollar question. Is there a way to put someone down in a healthy way? The answer is yes. What does that mean? If you're venting to someone to understand yourself better, if it's someone who is hurting you, hurting you emotionally, hurting you physically, hurting you, whatever it is, to speak it out with someone, to say, listen, every time I'm with this guy, he does X, Y, and Z, or this person, blah, 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 that my point is not to put him down. That's not my point. My point is to understand myself. My point is that I'm not just sitting around the lunchroom or I'm sitting around just you know, trash-talking somebody. Something's bothering me, something's hurting me, and I really want to get clarity. And every time I'm in, in a relationship with this person, this person does X, Y, and Z, and that's terrible for me, blah, 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 blah. So I could vent to someone, talk to someone, and open up to somebody. Could you do it in public? It... You probably cannot do it in public, no. Because then you don't know what, what people are, right? You know, you have to be careful. But if you have uh, a Rebbe, you have a close friend, you have someone, and of course, the person who's listening... You have a therapist, you have the person who's listening has to be very careful how they interpret what you're saying. That, that's a whole other halacha that we, we will discuss. Okay, so here we go. In our study of the Lashon Hara, we will attempt to use real stories and scenarios as much as possible. This will help us assist in better understanding and remembering the laws. Let us begin with the amazing story of Miriam, who spoke about her brother, Moshe. Recalling the story, it's actually a mitzvah. As it says, remember what Hashem did to Miriam. Unbelievable. We have a responsibility to remember what happened to Miriam because she spoke Lashon Hara. The Torah tells us, and Miriam and Aaron spoke about Moshe 
regarding the matters that concerned the beautiful woman he married, for he married a beautiful woman. They said, does Hashem speak only with Moshe? He certainly speaks to us as well. And Hashem heard. And the man Moshe was greatly humble, more than all the people in the face of the earth. Rashi provides us with some background of their conversation. Tzipporah, Moshe's wife, had heard that there were two new prophets, Eldad and Medad, prophesizing in the camp. She commented, Woe to their wives, for my husband is a prophet and is separated from me. When Miriam heard Zipporah's comment, she spoke with Aaron in an attempt to address the wrong that she perceived, Moshe living separately from his wife. At this point, Hashem stopped their conversation and summoned them to the sanctuary. There, Miriam was given tzaras, a form of tzaras, and became spiritually impure for one week. For in fact, the wrongdoing that Miriam perceived that Moshe was separated from his wife was in fact an instruction from Hashem. There are few simple laws that are derived from the story Miriam speaking about Moshe. Here they go. Two halachas we're going to mention that we learn from this story. Um, there are actually three, but we're going to do two today. Number one, the prohibition of Lashonar applies to both men and women because Miriam was a woman. So we see that Lashonara applies both to men and women. Number two, the prohibition applies, and this is very, very important, applies to whomever one speaks about, even if you speak about a family member. We also see this from the story of Yosef, who spoke to his father, Yaakov, about his brothers' wrongdoing, intending to help them repair their deeds. Some people think they can speak about their husbands or wives or parents or children. Is this incredible? I spoke about this uh, when I was in America. I, did, I gave a, a parenting class and I spoke about this. I said, isn't it incredible that even when you're speaking to your spouse about your child, you could be over the Isser of Lush and Hara. Now, like Shlaimi saying, does that mean you can't speak to your wife about your child? Of course not. But Amir Tashem, you'll see if one of your children is challenging you and you're frustrated and all you're doing is making comments to your wife or vice versa about the child. Oh, he can't get his act together. Oh, yeah, he's frustrating me. Whoa, does that fall into the category of Lashon Hara? Or am I really, truly trying to understand myself, trying to understand how I could deal with my child better? Incredible. Or your in-laws, talking about your in-laws, talking about your brother-in-law, talking about your sister-in-law, talking about your family members. And of course, like Shaimi said, if you have difficulty and you're going through a challenge which everybody here will face, Everyone faces challenges with their in-laws and brothers-in-law and everyone. Why? Because we're people and we face challenges with other people. That's just the way of the world. And Hashem will definitely set you up in a situation where nothing is perfect because we can work on ourselves. That's the purpose of being in this world is to try to perfect ourselves. Not to become perfect because nobody will become perfect, but to try and make yourself uh, more mature, a more healthy a more uh, upstanding person who's, who's able to be a, a positive part of the solution, not part of the problem, as, as we say many times. Okay, and look what he says. So he says, you're not, no Lushan. Some people think they can speak about their husbands, wives, parents, children, because they unequivoc unequivocally love them. And no Lushanara could impair that relationship. But this is wrong. You know what? Let's finish this halacha also. 
The prohibition applies even if one being spoken about does not mind. Right? Because we know Moshe Rabbeinu didn't care if you speak Lashon Hara about him. He was the humblest of humble. In this case, the Torah immediately testifies, and the man Moshe was great and humble. This tells us that Moshe had absolutely no hard feelings towards his sister and brother for speaking against him. Nevertheless, Miriam's statement constituted Lashon Hara. Unbelievable. Words of wisdom. Lashon Hara kills the one who speaks it, the listener who believes it, and the person whom it was spoken about. That's the Gemara in Erechen. Again, Lashon Hara kills three people. The person who's speaking it, the person who he's speaking to, and the person who he's speaking about. My, my mushal, my metaphor that I always give about Lashon Hara is taking a bat and smashing someone over the head. Imagine sitting at a Shabbos table. People ask this. They say, oh, I went to a Shabbos table and they're speaking Lashon Hara. What should I do? Right? So I always say, imagine if you're sitting at a Shabbos table and someone takes out a baseball bat and starts whacking someone over the head with the baseball bat. What are you going to do? Uh, pass the Kugel? Could you pass the coleslaw? You'll be like, I am out of here. You guys are nuts. I am out of here. You'll be traumatized. Lashon Hara is even worse than doing that. Yona had a question, and then let's... Yes? So we were talking about offense. Yes. So let's say, um, let's say, for example, the wife and the husband. Yes. So let's say that the husband's going to be Let's say what? A little louder? Let's say what? The husband wants to offend to the wife. Right. Right. Okay, so it's hard. You, you, you're, when you're married and you have a child, you'll you'll see the way it works a little bit. But let's say you talk. Let's say you're venting about your roommate. Let's say you're venting to someone. So you have to be honest with yourself. And you have to know that you're, that you're not saying it, l'shem. first of all, you could say, I'm not doing this for Lashonar. Now, you can't just say, nishab is correct, you know, I'm doing this, everyone says, oh, l'toelis, l'toelis, shkoyach. It doesn't say if you say the word l'toelis before you speak Lashonara that it, it's mutter. But basically that you know my point is not just to put down the person. The point is that, that I'm hurt by the person, and I want to figure it out, and I want to get healthier, and the person who you're talking to knows that, as well. So you basically know, well, yeah, you have to be honest with yourself. Exactly. Correct. And with your wife, you could say, listen, I'm really struggling with my son. I'm really struggling with my daughter. They, they get me so angry every time they come in the kitchen and they uh, make a mess in the kitchen. I don't know. Or when they don't clear off their plate, you know, it really, really bothers me. Now, if you talk about it, say, how could we be mechanich better? What could I say? What's, you know... I think everybody, know, I, th I think people know. Obviously, we could, it's good to talk more about it, but a person has to be honest with themselves. Yes, yes, Reb Zev. Maybe said that Zipporah made it incarnate. Why didn't that consider in Russian Hara? Maybe did not know until Zipporah made the incarnate. Yeah, yeah, I had that kasha also on Rashi, yeah. Okay, good, I and Shum, it's a good kasha, Reb Zev. Yeah, I had that kasha also on, on that Rashi. I, I forgot the tarots. Bensi Lanning had a good tarots once. A few years ago, we asked the kasha. Okay, we'll go into it. Good kasha, Rubzen. Great kasha. Yes, Yehuda. Um, <clears throat> so, the way, the way that I understand it a little bit, and I'm just yeah. to hear from you, like, agrees with it, is like, if, if, 
like what Rebbe was talking about at the beginning, right? So like people can do something and then it'll make me feel a certain way. I think Rebbe was talking about that a little bit. So then I'll just kind of take it out on somebody else because of how I right, feel. Right, exactly. So, and then similar to the question before, like if I'm talking about my kid, like if at the end of the day, if somebody's making me feel negative, so how's it not going to fall into like flesh and heart or whatever? So right. I think there's like a step in between of like mindfulness maybe is like a good word for it, but but if I can look at myself right. and say that, you know, that there's a part of me or that I'm looking, you know, like I'm observing myself in that bird's eye view saying, oh, like, like that person is making me feel a certain way. Exactly. And it's making me want to go ahead and do a certain behavior. Right. Like go, go to somebody and talk about him, to, to talk yes. bad about him. Yes. And if I can just look at that situation non-judgmentally, like right. out of the world of good and bad, right. Correct. this is just what's happening. Correct. So like if someone grabs that moment in between, Correct. Like, I think that's the not what Shinhara area. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Because there's no good or bad. This is just what it Correct. is. What Correct. Correct. 100%. Easier said than done. Because what happens is, is that when someone triggers us and we're in a situation where someone bothers us, we are 100% sure, <clears throat> we're 100% sure that, that, that it's that person who is, who is the problem. We don't, we don't take that, that first step to say, okay, let me, let me stop for a second, let me backtrack, and let me get into myself, let me see how I'm feeling, let's see what happened. We automatically get into, especially when it's with people who we're familiar with, when you're familiar with it, it's, oh, there she goes again. Oh, there he goes again. Oh, my roommate. It's like, it's like it's played out already. So it's even harder with people who you quote unquote know because you don't have that. When it's a new person you can, or a new situation, it's easier to like take a step back. But when it's with your mother or your father or your spouse or your child, it's like, what do you mean? That's what they do. You know what I'm saying? You're like, you're, you're, you're already, it's, it's much, much harder. Because it's like a fact that that person is acting that way. What do you mean? How could you tell me, right? A guy is in the lunchroom and he, and what do you mean? I see him every day. He takes too much food and he never eats it. He always wastes the food. He always pushes online. So why is that? There's something wrong with him. So, and it bothers me. So that story is a story that you're like, what do you mean? How could you tell me that that's, you know, me? Yeah, so, so, because I totally hear that, totally agree with that, totally struggle with that. Right. So to that, like, what I would just say is like, okay, so if, if you're somebody who doesn't want to live in the world of reaction, that whatever's Correct. happening around me is deciding what my next hour is going to look like. Correct. So as hard as this may seem now, Correct. But, it, but like the way I like to see it, it's kind of like any skill, right? Correct. Like dribbling a ball. So you start doing it, the Correct. more you do it, Correct. the easier it gets. The easier Correct. it gets, the more natural it becomes. Correct. Becomes, Correct. A hundred percent. Someone's trying to take a million percent. hundred percent. It's a skill worth, worth working with. It's a, it's a skill worth saving your life and the life and your life and Olam Hapa. Okay, but how, how many skills, how many skills, you know, you're, a million percent. But, but in order to have that skill, you need, we need to talk about it. We need to learn the halachas. We need to have these conversations. 
If we don't have these conversations, if we don't learn these halachas, if we don't talk about this, how am I supposed to know? I walk into the dining room and I see that guy who's acting a certain way, or I walk into my room and the guy, and I, all I do is roll my eyes at my other roommate about that roommate, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, he's an idiot. Done. It's already done. It's locked in. It's locked in. So you're right, Yehuda. We have to sort of peel back and say, wait one second. How can I take a step back? How can I take a step back? Right? They say, they say that's what happens when you're in Shmonesra. How do you make peace? You take three steps back. I think I heard this from my father-in-law many, many years ago. How do you make peace? Oh, say shalom, Rabbi Brazil. Oh, say shalom, Bermoma. Vuyah, say shalom. Right? And you bow. You take three steps back. You turn to the left, you turn to the right, you bow, you take it slow, you take a few steps back, and you humble yourself. Then you look at the person differently. When you're in a fight with somebody, you're, you're, not, you're engaged, you're, right? Uh, speak to anyone who knows, I don't know, you guys know the MMA and all these fighting and everything. The key to fighting is to lock someone in. You're locked in. You can't fight me if I'm across the street. Right? When you're walking down a, 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 a street, you know, uh, you're in a bad neighborhood, right? The first thing to do is you walk, right? You walk across the street. Why am I walking across the street? Because then I'm not engaged already in the fight. So what Yehuda is saying, I think, in a, in a psychological way or in a, in a uh, healthy way, what Yehuda is saying is to take a step back. Take a step back and, and have a bird's eye view on yourself. Don't be so engaged in what, what, what's going on. Yeah? Yeah. You're already in the, correct. You're, you're already in the wrong business. Once you're already analyzing whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, then you already, that's the biggest mistake, correct. Rafael had, yeah. Yeah. Maybe by Moshe Rabbeinu was Lachar Maisa, but you didn't care Lachar Maisa. You would ask him ahead of time, right? Maybe, maybe it would remind me of who were my parents. Right, right, right. It's not a raya, you're saying. Right, ahead of time. But is that true? I don't know if that's true. I, I saw that halacha the other day at home. I don't think that's true, that even if it's in front of someone, I'll, I'll look it up. No, it's, right, it's not a riot, no, but even if the guy is, is, uh, is, is makel on it, I'm not sure if you're allowed to, if the guy, I'm not sure, we'll look it up, because from your, right, okay, but if he did something bad, right, I hear, I hear, it's a good horror, it's a good horror, I hear, look into it, it's a good, it's a good point, okay, I want to just talk about one thing, one more thing um, that I think is very, very important, um, um, I don't know where, where the context of it was, was but I, 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 we have a few minutes here, um, but I'll open it up. Um, and that is um, when a person in a relationship, when a person is, is um, in a relationship um, and he wants to be someone who is uh, giving and you want to be someone who is helping someone. I think people struggle with this a lot where we want to help somebody and I want to be there for other people. What's always important to know, um, especially um, when you're younger, especially when you're younger, when you, when you don't have to um, be so responsible for your wife, you don't have a wife and children, 
uh, where there's a practical responsibility to take care of your wife and your children, a practical responsibility. I'm talking about from an emotional um, perspective is that when you are there to give to someone, to take care of someone, it's very, very important to know this yesod. And that is you can only give what you have. What does that mean? What it means is, is that if I don't have, what happens is when people are giving something that they don't have, and I'm giving um, out of um, need to give, what that does is, is it starts to cause resentment in the giving. What happens is, is that when I'm totally focused on somebody else, because I have to be focused on someone else, and I don't know how to focus on myself, then that's a very dangerous um, uh, road to go down. Now you could say, which is true, if I give and I give, um, it's okay that I'm giving for selfish reasons, but ultimately it'll become more altruistic. But the truth is you have to be very, very careful because a lot of people, they just give and they give and they give and they are empty from their giving. So it's very, very important for a person to fill himself up, for a person to know how to give to himself, for a person to know how to love yourself, for a person to know how to give to yourself. And by giving to yourself, what happens is that will overflow into giving to others. I'll give one more example and then Shlaimi, uh, you can ask your question. Again, I think this is very, very important what people misunderstand um, in relationships with other people. It's amazing to give to other people. And part of our purpose on this world, as Reb Chaim Velazhin, as his son writes in Nefesh HaChaim, that, uh, that Loila Atzmai Nivra, Loila Atzmai, um, a person was not created for himself, to help another person. But, but a lot of people are naturally helping other people because they don't know how to help themselves. They don't know how to invest in themselves. And people think it's either or, it's extremes. Either I'm totally, totally invested in myself or I'm totally, totally giving to other people. And what's important is to know the, the, the percentages of how much I'm doing for myself and how much I'm doing for the other person. And it's a high level to get to a point where you're totally, totally giving to another person. We need to spend, that's one of the gifts of being in this yeshiva, is to spend the time and to spend the energy to invest in yourself. People want to say, oh, what's the best thing I could do? I want to influence my friends. I want to be there for my friends. I want to help other people. The best way that you can help another person, especially at your age, especially at your age, is to invest in yourself and to work on yourself. Because when someone sees that you're filling yourself up, when someone sees that you're being a better you, that's contagious. And then that will influence other people. A lot of times, I'd rather focus on helping my roommate than helping myself because I don't know how to help myself. Whether it's you were neglected as a child, whatever the psychology of why you have trouble uh, taking care of yourself. But a lot of people, depends on which number in the family you were, depends how big of a family you come from. But the point is, is that you need to invest in yourself to overflow to give to other people. Now, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't mean I can't give to somebody else until I'm fully myself. 
but to know the percentages and to know, wait, why am I giving to this person so much? Why am I so focused on everybody else? How come I can't truly focus on myself? Okay, Shlaim. We have a few more minutes. I'm pushing the clock today, yeah. Um, so I have a question from, uh, for example, at AA standpoint, you, yeah. it says when you're going through a bad day and you're struggling, reach out to someone else. Right. So not necessarily That's get helping. Advice. That's no, helping. No, 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 no. Help someone else. Oh, oh, great. Great question. Call out. Great know, question. Call great question. Call call Good. Ask them how they're Great doing. question. Great. So Shlomi is asking, sometimes when you're in your own head, or you're going through your own problem, it's good to, to help somebody else, to help somebody else. So first of all, that's true. It is good to help other people to get out of your head, to get out of your world. Sometimes, right, it sounds like a contradiction. So again, you have to say your percentages. There gotta be percentages. If my whole entire life is that I'm not able to help myself, and I'm only focused on other people, then I'm empty inside, I'm gonna end up resenting everybody around me. But if the goal of me helping someone else is so that ultimately I can also then help myself, that's okay also. It's okay to recognize that. You you know what I'm saying? It's not like the Satmareba or the Tzadikim where they just did whatever they did, they had total bittle and they did everything for everybody else because they were were full inside. You have to know that you're empty inside. Most of us are empty inside and need to fill ourselves up. And when we fill ourselves up, like I said, you can only give what you have. So if you have 10% love for yourself, you can only give, I don't even know if you can give 10%, but let's assume you can. If you love yourself 10%, you can only give 10% love. You can't give more than what you have. You can't give. How could I? I can't give you $20 if I only have $10. So the same works emotionally. You can only give what you have. And the more a person builds himself up, the more a person works on himself, the more you will overflow into other people. Okay, Mirza Shem, yeah, one more thing and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. When you see a lot of people are married and they love their spouse, but they don't really love themselves, how does that, how does that? Impossible. Impossible. You see them giving them all the attention. Impossible. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. You might see, you don't see. It's not true. You can't Schleimi's math equation in, in, in a relationship. Is, 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 is one plus one is five. It's not true. It's not true. If you don't love yourself, let me say better, to the degree that you love yourself, you can love someone else. To the degree. So that Shekhar relationship world that you're seeing that people that are really miserable and it looks like they're It's impossible. It's not possible. I can't. You can't, you can't love someone, right? Vahafta l'recha k'moycha. If you love, love your... That, but they don't. It's only to the degree. We don't want to wake up to that, but it's only to the degree. It's only to the degree. Okay, Hashem will help us all. We should all be zocha to work on ourselves. We should all be zocha to realize that it might be raining outside, but check the weather from within yourself. Is it raining inside or is it sunny inside? Because that weather you can control. You can control the thermostat within yourself. You cannot control the thermostat outside. Okay, obviously we could dive in Mashiva Ruach Umoridageshem and we can control the, the rain as well. But the Pshad is is that focus on what can I control within myself. And if you're upset about yesterday, you're upset about a week ago, the way to change yesterday and a week ago, the only way to change yesterday and a week ago is with today. 
And the only way to change your future, because your future is not here yet, is with today. Because if you have a grade today, then you're building your future and you're fixing your past. And also, that's the only thing that we can control, is what we have in our hands right now. Have an awesome first day of the rest of your life.